Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jason Gallardo. I'm joined by Gary Singh. And today on the State Hornet Sports Spotlight, we are joined by Sac State alum, soccer player who was just put on the all-decade team this past summer, Chim Demez. Well, my first question for you. Um, in a post, you said that Sac State was the only college that gave you a real opportunity to play um, collegiate soccer. If it wasn't for Sac State, would you have played college soccer? Man, you know, the crazy thing about that, I want to say, because uh, I went to a few, like, a few camps just to see if I can, you know, wherever else I can go. You know, nothing was really hitting off, but Sac State was damn near the final camp right before preseason was going to start, like, a few months later. Um so I showed up well enough for them to want to invite me into preseason camp. Um, but if that wouldn't have happened, I was probably going to be playing basketball at Sonoma State. Really? So in high school, you were a baller? <laughs> yeah, I, play, I played both, man. I played basketball and soccer my entire life. So what, so what sport came first, soccer or basketball? What came first? To be honest, man, I want to say soccer. Like actually like playing in like an organized like club, but, you know, I was playing basketball for as long as I can remember. Point guard? Nah, man. Like in in you know in high school, man. Like we didn't have like the the six ten centers or anything like that. So I'd yeah. usually either swapping out the, the four or five because we were all about like for the most part we're all between like six three and I mean besides the point guard who was probably like five eleven or six one between besides those point guards everybody ranged between like six three and like six six. Okay, okay, that's cool. So first question I got for you, boss, is I read something like a little quick note on one of the stories that you uh, wrote was like you used to cut hair in uh, college and stuff, and you actually got cut by like learned from my barber Shuka Torres back in the day and hey, yes, my barber back in the day, bro. Because uh, I know I've seen your story of how you didn't get a scholarship when you first went to Sac State and like how you just you know that was another way of making money. So how did that play a role? and you making your decision to come to Sac State. And like, you know, I see you really talking about your hustle mentality. How does it all play a role? Like, you not, you know, to keep hustling for that, hustling for your goals and stuff like that, especially in college. Man, like, I mean, cutting hair, I want to say, I want to say it was right before maybe junior prom or something like that in high school. I remember uh, I needed a cut, but I want to say I couldn't get a schedule in time, so I hit up one of the homies who was cutting everybody at the crib. And I seen how much bread he was making in such a short mm -hmm. amount of time, cutting everybody. And I was like, oh, what? And, you know, like, I'd, I was always like, a, I'm not going to say money hungry, but if I seen somebody making some bread, I'm trying to figure out how somebody's making this bread. So I was like, okay, for sure. Like, I picked up some clippers. I started practicing on, like, my cousins, my little brother, just messing everybody up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But eventually, mm -hmm. get good enough to the point where I'm cutting everybody in high school, I'm where you're creating flyers, putting them on my Facebook, stuff like that. Um, then, you know, like using all, like learning cutting hair from all everybody I was cutting hair in high school, I was able to take that with me when I moved into the dorms at Sac State. And I just started cutting all the athletes. And I'd always leave my dorm room open, playing some music or something while I'm cutting hair. So, you know, um, that always bring people just like, you know, walking past my room and coming in like, oh, you cut hair, oh, oh you cut hair, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how I grew that. Then when you um, got put on scholarship, what was that feeling like? Oh, it was dope, man. Yeah, my last my last two seasons, man. It was cool just to see that, you know, they saw the value even after I got – because I got cut my true sophomore year. 
So, I mean, if I wouldn't have kept working, my career would have been over at that point. But it was cool to be able to know that I was able to bounce back from that. Uh, take me through that. When you know you got cut through um, your sophomore year, what was your mindset once they told you that? Man, I was I was hot, man. I was ready to start cutting tires and everything, man. I, I was still living with my teammates throughout that whole time. So, you know, it kind of sucked, kind of feeling like I wasn't really a part of the team anymore. But, you know, I'm still living in that house. But, you know, I still had those guys. I still had a bunch of friends on the women's team who would always be like, yo, Chim, you just got to keep on going. Just, uh, you know, I was always, I was talking about transferring, maybe trying other places. But there's a few friends like, nah, you got it, man. Just like, just continue working. You're going to be straight. And how did it feel like when you did come back, you know, you set all these records in playing time and being one of the most efficient players on the team in history, to be honest with you. How did that feel accomplishing those goals and, you know, heading into, you know, getting drafted? Like like that feeling I bet you probably dreamt about in some type of fashion as a kid. How did that all how did that all feel when you're just going through the ups and downs of life right there, especially, you know, like. I bet you're looking around like all these guys are still playing. I'm trying to be in these guys' positions, and I feel like you're probably as good as them. So how does that feel? Not nah, man, it was dope, man. Just because uh, the funny thing, like you know, it's some I like I always wanted to become a professional athlete, whether it was in basketball or soccer. Um, but it wasn't until I want to say after my freshman season, Ernie and Fernie, who were seniors when I came in as a freshman, both got drafted. So once I saw that, like it hit, just you know. There was a little light in my eyes, like, yo, you can get drafted from Sac State. Like, I, there was two mm -hmm. guys that I'd see on a daily basis that I saw get drafted, and that was more than enough motivation for me. During the summer, we, uh, you know, we have, like, preseason camp, and that's when I end up getting cut. But still in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm still, you know, I still have this dream of playing professionally, getting drafted. So I, I, never, lost, I never lost sight of that. How was that like, you know, switching lanes to like after you got cut from there, like another like bump in the road, like you say, and now you want to go play overseas. How was that feeling, you know? Man, like to be honest, man, I feel like my transition was actually pretty smooth. Like mm -hmm. I'd say the tough part was for sure just like when I got there, not realizing that like, yo, I don't speak Spanish. Like <laughs> I had, I got a teammate. I had one teammate who, uh, he was Australian. His name was George. He uh, he had learned Spanish while he was out there, so he would translate everything for me. Um, but, you know, it was tough sitting in those meetings and or watching films with the with my teammates, no subtitles. And I'm just sitting there like, man, like for the most part, everybody treated me with love and respect. People were real patient with me. And, you know, now I'm fluent. I'm 100 percent fluent in Spanish. When when did you finally realize, oh, you could get drafted to the MLS? Well, I never really realized it, man. I just. You know, I just did the, I just prepared like I, you know, I didn't really have a plan on how to get there. I'll just put in the work. Like I was like, I want to get to the MLS. And I started noticing that there was guys on my team who would like during the summers play in the PDL, which was just like a, uh, it was like a semi-pro league where a whole bunch of college players in the summers would be going to different places and, you know, playing against other, you know, quality players, whether it's ex-pros, um, other top college players and stuff like that. So I saw they were doing that and I was like, oh, how can I do that? Um, so I just started doing research on those PDL teams and I found somebody in the LA Missioneros. So there was a, a I had a teammate who uh, was from LA. So I, I hit him up and was like, yo, man, I'm, you know, I'm trying to play PDL. Would you, would you and your family mind if I stayed with you guys during the summer as I try to do this? He's like, yeah, man, no problem. Let me just, you know, hit up the fam and see if it's good. They said it was good. Um, spring season ended and I just I dipped out to L.A. the next day. 
And that's when I found out about Manhattan Beach. Like I didn't, when he said Manhattan Beach, I thought he was talking about New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't even know it existed. So, uh, you know, I'm pulling up, I'm driving to his house and I'm like, bro, you live on the ocean? <laughs> like you live a block <laughs> off the ocean? I was like, no way. I couldn't even believe it. So, you know, I got out there. Then, um, you know, I would, I would be training with this PDL team. Um, they didn't sign me right away. So I was just basically training, doing my thing. But, you know, eventually a few weeks later, um, a spot opened up. They signed me and, uh, you know, I was playing with them. And, yeah, I, yeah, my fault. I think I kind of went away from your question, but I really didn't have a plan on, like, how my, how I am going to get drafted. I just just kept on working, just kept my head down and just tried to take the proper steps in order to get there. When you entered that league, what was yeah. the soccer like in terms of the competitiveness? Oh, it was real good, man. Cause I mean, like for the most part, everybody there had a goal of trying to play professionally or trying to get better because, you know, not like not every, not every single college player was trying to play PDL over the summer. Some people would be taking breaks. Some people would just do their own thing, but I felt like, it was the best position to put yourself in in order to, you know, play against other like-minded people, um, you know, who are also aiming for the same thing you're aiming for. So it was a good, it was a good training environment. Like, what's your future goals in soccer? What's your future goals in life right now that you're after that roller coaster ride you've really been on? Man, I'm just trying to continue. I'm trying to play as long as I can and you know play the highest division soccer that I can possibly get to. Is your goal to come back to the USA and play, or are you perfectly content still playing in other countries as long as you get to play soccer? Exactly. Like it's not like it just depends on the opportunity. Like if there's a very good opportunity in the US, I'll take it. If there's a good opportunity overseas, I'll take it. And so the earthquake was your first opportunity to play professional. Can you yep. take me back to the day you got the news that you were getting drafted to the MLS? I want to say, so I, I finished that season with like seven goals and maybe like three assists. The MLS combine list came out. My name wasn't on the list. And I was like, damn, like, I mean, well, shit, I guess I'm not going to go that route. But, you know, uh, I'll just like, whatever. I just got to do what I got to do. I have a meeting with Coach Mike and all them. And they're like, yo, like, so San, the San Jose Earthquakes are having the combine. I went the first day of the combine. You know, I'm doing all right. Um, didn't do anything too crazy, but, you know, I played well. I played well enough for myself to be like, hey, yo, I had a, I had a good day. Uh, the following day, though, um, I'm killing. I uh, end up having, like, three goals, three or four goals in the games that we played. I know the head coach was there. Uh, the assistant coaches were all there. And it's against, like, like top-quality players in all from all over the state. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like I showed the best out of every single player that was here. But at the same time, I didn't talk with anybody after about like, uh, like, yo, like we have interest in you. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of, it was like you show up, did your job and you go home type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But in my head, I was like, yo, I, I was killing. I was like, there's absolutely no, like, I know like something can happen from this. Like a month goes by, I don't hear nothing. Two months goes by, nothing. So I'm just kind of like, well, you know, just in the unknown space of like, I, I mean, college soccer is done. I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, we fast forward to draft day. Um, I don't get drafted in the first two rounds. So I'm just like, oh, whatever. Um, so, you know, I'm with my personal trainer and a whole bunch of other guys who are training other pro players, other college players getting ready for whatever's next. Um, next thing I know, I go check my phone. Then the, my agent at the time was calling me like, he's like, yo, you see the news? I'm like, nah, what you talking about? Um, he said, yo, you got drafted, man. You got drafted in the third round to the earthquakes. I was like, no fucking way. Then um, 
you know, then next thing I know, like, you know, all the guys are hearing me on the phone and I'm like, yo, man, I just got drafted. And everybody's like, damn, that's crazy. Next thing you know, you know, I'm seeing it all over the website. I'm, my phone's blowing up. Um, my, you know, everybody's trying to reach out. My phone was ridiculously busy, bro. I couldn't even keep up with it like at all. So, uh, you know, next thing I know, I go to Sac State just to go speak with Mike and all them. And there's like an interview going on and, you know, they're happy for me, man. Cause they kind of seen me come from the walk on, you know what I mean? All the way to this, you know, being one of the few mm-hmm. people who've ever been drafted in history. So I was like, man, it, it was crazy to me, man. I remember calling my dad and just like, yo dad, you see the news? He was like, nah, what you talking about? I'm like, yo, I just got drafted, man. And my dad was like, are you fucking serious? Like, cause no matter, like, regardless, like he always supported everything, but like, he didn't actually like know or think like anything of me going professional. You know what I mean? He kind of just seen me grinding for all this stuff. And it was just like, he's working hard for it. And out of nowhere, he's like, wow, this guy made this happen out of nowhere. All my family and friends are blowing his phone up. And he was just like, wow, how did he do this? Like, he really just did this, like, out of, you know what I'm saying? So that was real cool to kind of see. Who inspired you to play soccer? Yeah, like, who would you kind of watch, you know? Like, you know, if you, play, watch, if you watch basketball, you know, you're watching Kobe growing up, LeBron, AI. Like, who are you kind of watching as your kid here that you're trying to, like, you know, take still notes and little things and little things from them? Thierry Henry, um, Ronaldinho, Didier Drogba. You know, I grew up like not really paying too much attention to soccer like that. I was I was a basketball mm-hmm. kid, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I remember when my my neighbors across the street, I want to say it was like the first week YouTube must have came out. Um, I want to say they were just watching like Terry Henry videos, and I was just blown away by what I was seeing. I was like, Yo, where's this? Like, where's this soccer at? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know anything about that. We may have upgraded our cable or something. Like, we had got on demand. Then I remember mm-hmm. we had a gold tv or something so i'd just be watching gold tv and i'd be watching ronaldinho do all this crazy stuff and i remember jungle bonito started coming out and i was like oh my goodness this is amazing and it was at the same time like when i started like taking soccer serious when i was around like 13 and i was like oh wow like this is this you know that's when i started getting a, a actual love for soccer versus feeling like my dad like wanted me to play it just because you know so being away from home does it get lonely Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Just because it's like, you know, this is everything that you know. Then you know, I go over there. It's like if I'm feeling homesick, it's not like I can just go home. I'll just go back to the crib. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, what do you do to help? You know, not to like, not feel as lonesome all the way over there. Oh, uh, the cool thing. I mean, we we the technology that we have helps out big time. You know what I'm saying? I could always hop on a Facetime call. Um, I mean, well, besides FaceTime, other things that keep me busy too. I mean, there's, you got Netflix. I'm, I'm over here producing, diving in a rabbit hole, trying to learn everything with that. Um, and at the same time, I still had, you know, good friends over there that I could still communicate with any time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and so how has, um, you know, with, with this whole COVID situation, how has that affected you um, over there? Oh man, so my my contract with Santos Duapolis, the first division team I was with, it ended on June. It ended on June fifteenth, and they didn't renew the contract. So, um, you know, I'm a free agent right now. I came back to the states 
you know, just to see fam and just do what I had to do for a little bit, just for like two weeks. I was supposed to be out there July 6th on trial with a few other teams. They put a travel ban that just kept on getting extended the entire time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, like, you know, I may not be able to play this season. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to play this season because the travel ban didn't get lifted until November 1st. Um, so with it, with that, the deadline for me to sign with the team was in September, like September 24th or something like that. And nobody was going to sign me until I can be in Costa Rica. Because if they sign me and I can't get in the country, they're obligated to pay the contract, you know, just because they already, you know, because mm. they already signed. So that's how it affected me. But at the same time, you know, it's still a blessing to be able to come back here. And, you know, I didn't really let that stop me in any type of way. I just made sure I've been staying prepared and doing all that this entire time. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Staying prepared, especially if you're out here. Hopefully you get to get the opportunity back there soon, man. How long were you uh, playing out there for? Uh, the last four years. Last four years. Okay, okay. So this is the first time you – did you ever get to come back to SAC or did you – Would you? Yeah, yeah. I, I would okay. usually come back every six months or so. Like I come back okay. anywhere between two weeks to a month. Yeah, okay. Now, switching gears, I know you've been talking about your music. How did you kind of switch to gears of that? What's your lane in that? And, like, what are you trying to do? What's your goal? And, like, is it something kind of like, you know, like, we see Dame Dalla doing kind of like, you know, serious? Or is it kind of like something we've seen, like, Ron Artest do back in the day to do for some fun <laughs> do, do, do for some fun stuff, you know, like, just to get just to get their, you know, get your mental right. So, what kind of yeah. lane you're doing it and what you're doing in there? A hundred percent on the Dame Dalla, like, on, like, I'm serious with it, you know, I'm, I'm already mm -hmm. into it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, you want like the background story of how I got into it? Yeah. How'd you get into it? And like, what are you trying to do? And what's your goals in it? And like, yeah, like stuff like that. Like speak about your now your new music. Like how'd you get into it and stuff? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there was a, a good friend of mine. His name's Nick Taylor. I don't know. If he, like back in, like during college, his name was Kid Swag. He was on the track team. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was from, uh, I want to say Pasadena. But he was like creating a nice little buzz like all over la and school and all that he'd be performing doing all this kind of stuff um he'd bring me to the studio sessions so i'd go to the studio sessions with him and the homie amar who was a dj and like they was hustlers too man like i seen him you know building his brand doing it and like really doing numbers on youtube and he was a real humble cool dude and just would bring me to the studio every now and then he'd pull up we'd always be kicking it um one day i went to the studio his producer at, at the time i want to say his name was big hollis i saw him just producing from scratch, just, you know, it was, I was like, wow, this, I just watched him make this beat live and I'm watching Nick in the corner, just like, you know, catching melodies and writing, doing all this other kind of stuff while he's creating the beat from scratch. And I'm like, oh, this creative process is nuts. You know what I'm saying? And out of nowhere, you know, Nick's like, yo, I'm ready. I'm like, did Brendan write this whole, like a whole chorus in 16, like that fast? So. <laughs> Um, he goes into the back, starts to record, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like this whole process is just super dope. Like I gotta, you know, I'm not a rapper, but I'm like, yo, I gotta I like I'm I'm falling in love with what's happening behind the scenes, like with the producer. And I'm like, yo, like this is something I can see myself getting into. Um so um after my first pro season and I was playing with Kitsap after I got cut by San Jose, I'd be like um we had a lot of free time during the days we'd just be like watching entourage the sopranos like mm -hmm. a whole a whole bunch of shows all day but at the same i was like man i came like as much as i love watching all these shows like i got you know i got to be somewhat productive 
Mm-hmm. So let me, uh, I'd be on YouTube and just watching like keyboard videos or um, Zaytoven making beats or, mm-hmm. you know, Metro Boomin doing, making beats. I'd be watching like, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So as soon as I got back in the state or back in California, I went straight to Guitar Center, picked up a keyboard. Um, and from, you know, at that first, it was like learning a new language, bro. I was like, oh my goodness, this don't even make any sense. But, you know, I just would figure things out then as I figured new things out, I'd be on YouTube learning other new things. So it just take me down a rabbit hole. My YouTube mm-hmm. algorithm started changing to where I'm seeing all these other producers now and I'm just watching videos for hours and hours. And I'm like, you know, eventually I'm like, wow, I understand this language now. So um, about like, you know, a year or so before I even, a year or two years before I even started putting beats up on my Instagram, I was just, you know, I'd send videos to homies like on Snapchat seeing what like yo y'all messing with this and it was like <laughs> everything was weak you know what i'm saying but at the same time i was getting better and at that Those time I'm like, I'm like oh this shit's hard but you know as i look back at it they was all pretty weak but um <laughs> but regardless man it was just like you know at one at a point while i'm in costa rica i'm like you know i really have time now so um eventually i you know i, I make this one beat and i'm like yo this shit's like pretty clean you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can figure out a way to like start putting it up. Then, um, you know, I end up not putting that one up, you know, maybe a few weeks later, I come up with like this uh, G funk type beat and I'm like, oh, this is hard, bro. Like, um, I'm gonna probably have to put this one up eventually. So my birthday come around, I'm over here nervous, like trying to figure out some shit. Um, this one girl I was talking to at the time, I was like, yo, what you think about this name? Like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about sharing like my music and all this other kind of stuff, like the beats I'm making. Then I was like, uh, I was just coming up with names. I was like, keep your chim up Friday. I was like, what you think? She's like, yo, that's fire. Like, I think you should do it. I'm over here like nervous, bro. Trying to put this shit on IG. Like, damn, bro. Like, no, a lot of people don't even know do this. I'm nervous. I'm over here sweating. The homies like, bro, just put it up. Yeah. Um, I put it up. Then I'm, you know, I'm getting love on the beats and. That's how Keep Your Chin Up Fridays was started, man. And I was just like, okay, like, I don't know how to mix my own beats yet. I'm over here thinking about, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just use this as a way to kind of monitor my journey. But at the same time, like, this is how I'm gonna really teach myself and to be able to put my stuff out there as well. And uh, yeah, man. So now we're about to be at week 157 on some crazy shit. It's about three year anniversary. That's cool, man. Exactly. You need that push sometimes, bro. Sometimes it doesn't even matter what other people think or say. This is what you want to do. And like you said, just go put it up there. And now you're a week. You said one week, 157. Yeah. Every week know, dropping a beat. That's crazy, man. That's cool, man. What's your beat name? I didn't get your beat name. What's your producer uh, name? Chimchilla. Chimchilla. Okay, that's clean. It kind of it goes right with your name, too. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Jason, you got any questions left? Actually, no. That's a, that's about, about it. And before... Actually, before you, we let you go, where could they go find you? Um, where could they find your beats at? Is there like a website, Instagram page or anything? Yeah, man. So on my Instagram, it's chimchilla92. Um, you know, that's where, you know, I put, my Twitter's chimchilla92 as well. Um, I post a new beat every single Friday. Um, at the same time, I also have a website called, uh, it's www.beatstars.com slash chimchillabeats. Um, you could go there as well, and all the beats are available to be purchased either for non-exclusive or exclusive licensing on there. Um, I also lately I've uh, I started to do remixes as well on my SoundCloud. 
um, soundcloud.com slash chinchilla beats. Um, I got a couple remixes up there that are pretty hard and I'm a, you know, continue dropping those as well. I'll be dropping a beat tape pretty soon, probably before the end of the year, just a, just kind of like a three year anniversary type thing. Just like maybe eight to 12 of my favorite beats over like the last three years, still putting that together. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, we just continuing to grow and continue to develop more artists out here. Um, and the cool thing is I continue to post every week, man. I'm I'm being introduced to more opportunities, more artists. And, you know, I got a couple slaps in the cut. There you go, man. Good luck on your jersey uh, journey, bro. I appreciate you, like, coming on here and, you know, giving some time to some Sac State students to talk to some alumni who are doing big things, bro. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for your time, but we appreciate it. Anytime, y'all. Yeah.